Hey, everybody, Raylan Casper White here with another festive episode of X-Ray. Adam Bush is with me here today. Hi, Adam. Boy, howdy. How are you? <laughs> you are delightful. What is that thing? The green canister. What am I looking at there? It is a microphone. Mm-hmm. And it's, what is it, white at the top? It's gold at the top. It's golden. I thought it was like a canister with chopsticks in it. This is how good my vision is. Ray, you're falling apart. Beautiful. And you are sitting on a banquette. You own a banquette in your own home? What is a banquette? You don't know what a banquette is? When you go I to don't. a diner, those benches are called banquettes. Oh, no, but it does have a very flat back. I can see how it, it would <laughs> it's look like, like church. It. It's like those musical posture chairs we used to have to sit in in band class where, you know, it forces you to either sit upright right. or completely slouched. And slouched, of course, yeah. everyone went for the slouched. And it was really this a Jesuit establishment? This sounds very no, well. It was a public elementary school. Oh, wow. Pub- I love public education system. People knock it, but I love it. I'm going to take a sip of tea. Hold on. I'll join mm. you. Tell me how long you've been a musician and you you play with an outfit called Common Rotation. What's it called? What's it called? Common Rotation. Common Rotation. It's you been are a very while witty since we played with together. The, uh, with, the, with the verbiage, I've noticed. Like you have good, you know, you have good control of verbiage. You've got snazzy terms. I, I do like to hide behind words. That's good. Hiding behind words is better than hiding behind sex, which is what I do. You know what I mean? So I feel but that like. sounds much more fun. <laughs> it sometimes depends who you're hiding with. How long have you been a, a, an artiste, a musician? You know, my parents were both New York City school teachers for like 40 years. And my father taught mm. piano and he taught earth science. And he was the musical director for all the plays in their school, except their school did not have a music department. So oh, wow. to be the music director for the plays they put on, he had to put together a band, which he did with my brothers and I. So I would play saxophone. My younger brother would play bass. My older brother would play drums and he would play piano. And we were the pit for endless musicals when I was young. And they took school very seriously, except I got one day off a year when they did their performance for the school. And then I could take off school to go to my father's school and play. And the one fun thing um, we got to do is once a year, we got to play, um, we got to sing the national anthem at Shea Stadium. Oh my God, that's amazing. As a family band. Yeah, we got to do that. The family band. I mean, did people think you were some sort of cult? Or they're like, no, they're Jewish. They're not, Jews don't do cults. Well, my father was a rabbinical school dropout who that's a good musical play jazz. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm just saying, like rabbinical dropout, dropout sounds love. fantastic. I'd see yeah. that. And uh, so he had that kind of dichotomy of taking it very seriously and also not. But we were not, we were raised very um, reformed. It was like your bar mitzvah was very, very important. It right. had to be flawless. And then we don't give a shit what happens after that, which I've, creates a lot of uh, confusion in a kid. I'm sure. Well, I feel like I've, I've known a lot of Jews. I've slept with a lot of Jews. I've worked with Jews. And I feel like, unlike Christianity, I feel like most Jews, not the uber religious Hasidim, you know, black hat fur thingies, they're big on the bar. They have these milestones that they feel like they can check off. And this makes them a good enough Jew. And they're very passionate about it. Even if it's the bar mitzvah or the Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, you go there once a year, the rest of the year you're eating pork rinds, you know what I mean? Right. And assimilating, but that day checks, checks the box and they'd have no desire say, to go Ray, to synagogue anytime else, Judaism. not for guidance, not for spirituality, no desire, no connection to any rabbi. It's just that once a year check mark. What is that about? You have any insight into that? Yeah. It's about what others think. Oh, it's okay. about appearances. Really? Is you that know, you have is? your bar mitzvah in front of everyone. And then at Yom Kippur, we would go to El Quixote at the Chelsea Hotel and eat shellfish. As a Southern gal, how did you learn so much about Judaism? I'm, I'm I impressed. had an affair with, there was a <laughs> Judaic studies professor that came to Charleston. I, I had a stint. I moved around. I was a gypsy. And I still am within in the, in the, you know, in the trailer. I kind of, that's the advantage of having a trailer. You're mobile. You know what I mean? You're mobile and you can, anytime you encounter any social difficulties, you get in the van, you know, the truck, the van, the RV, and you, you move, move on. It's a perfect escapism. And I was in Charleston back in 91, I think it was. And there was a, at the university there, you would see there was a, a Judaic studies professor and he was like, they heard, we heard a Jews coming. You know what I mean? Like everybody kind of was like, this is, this is intense. This is amazing. There is a Jewish community there, but I didn't socialize. I'm not hanging out with them eating matzo balls. 
and I had an affair with this guy. And I say affair, he, he was he was married. I'll, I'll be honest, he was married. I mean, I'll put it out there. But they were having issues. That's what he told me. That's usually a good excuse. I'm having issues. We're on our way out. They're still together 20 years later. But at the time, that's what he said to me. Anyway, he educated me on, on Judaism, the Kabbalah. We did a little Kabbalah, mystical, very tantric too. People don't know how sexual Jewish mysticism is. Just want to put that out there. Just want to put that out there. So look it up. Google Kabbalah or Kabbalah. He would correct me on the pronunciation and, and sex and see what comes up. Maybe some weird Pornhub entries. I don't know. Okay, so uh, you're with your band, but you also play solo. I'm very excited. You have such a gorgeous voice, very mellifluous voice. Do you write your own work? Sometimes, yeah. What do you want to play for us today? You want to play and uh, start with an original composition and tell me what inspired it, or you just want to play? You tell me. What would you like to hear? Well, I don't know your repertory. Um, oh. I'd like something, uh, uh, an easy listening to kind of ease me into it. Something that'll make me laugh, cry, find new meaning in life, help me find a life partner. You know, that, that song. Got it. Thank you. Okay, here we go. Very excited. Adam Bush, everybody. Lord, deliver me. Reconsider me. Make up your mind. Looking good, how I'm feeling good. Lord, who's a good guy? Lord, I'm asking thee what you ask of me. I do it all the time. Just let me die with my trumpet in my hand. Lord, you steadied me worry me men on the out Lord the sinners we form a ministry it's the surest game in town Lord you ready me and call the blasphemy it's the only way I found oh let me die with my trumpet in my Lord, you're tearing us apart, trying hide another heart. It's a curse and it's frozen to me. Mm -hmm. You raised us in the middle, Lord, you gave up. I took a little, it's so easily done. China there, Lord, the silverware, Lord, the way we would dine, it could be a sign if you show me yours, Lord, I'll show you mine, Lord, you set them up, now you're not going down, Lord, I'll gladly do the time, oh, let me die with my trumpet. credit it took so long to admit it lord there's no second place prize lord you steady me i'll go ahead of thee won't you take my hand lord you're supposed to be oh so close to me can you stand Lord you worry me from what I can see if you won't play with the band then you'll just die with your trumpet in your hand born again let me be pleased Lord Something so pure about, I just love just you and the, and the guitar and, and nothing, no auto-tune, you know, 
I, when you can, when I love hearing someone that acoustic and right there in your own, you know, banquet living room and it sounds so gorgeous, that's a good sign. That's amazing. What, um, you want to share the inspiration for that song or do you like to keep that stuff private? Oh, no, I'm happy to talk about it. Um, it's funny. I, we, I play a lot of audience. I play a lot of folk clubs and also a lot of comedy clubs. And depending on the audience, I'll introduce this song differently. If it's a folk club, I'll say it's a song about Jesus. If it's a comedy club, I say it's a song about masturbation. And both <laughs> seem to generate different punchlines. <sighs> and suddenly with my trumpet in my hand has a completely different meaning. Wow. I don't know exactly what it's about, except there was, there was a time I was gigging in England and I was walking with a trumpet player who um, forgot that the cars come from the opposite direction. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yep, and he stepped into the street. <gasps> and this bus, no. I mean, yeah. And he, he flew back from the impact oh, wow. of just the wind. It was so close to him. And he flew onto his back and he was laying on the ground and we were standing over him. And when he came to, he said, well, if I'm going to die, at least I died with my trumpet in my hand. <laughs> Oh, which I think pretty much sums up musicians. Yeah. From buskers to the Duke Ellington Orchestra. What um, are you autodidactic? Did you learn all these instruments? You play like a, probably a bazillion instruments. Do you learn them all your teach yourself or did you take? I do. Like- I mean, I'm mediocre on many different instruments instead okay. of being very good at one because I like to produce records for other people. Right. And on. I like to write songs for other people. And just having a basic knowledge of how all the instruments work is very helpful with that. Amazing. So you taught yourself all that because that's hard to teach sax. Your, to yourself I mean I don't even know how do you how do you blow into that even you know what I mean well it's the embouchure you have to work on and it's okay. the how you hold your mouth and for mm. the saxophone you have to have really uh strong dimples that's oh, wow. the muscle you have to work you know like okay. for guitar you have to get those calluses on the fingers yeah so so for a woodwind instrument you just got to get that really tight and for a brass instrument you just got to get <laughs> that blowing really tight that I kind always of feel, I feel bad for um sax like the horn players because if they want to sing, you can't really do that at the same time. That's a t- that's a tough one. Singing and playing a a woodwind or a brass instrument. Am I right? I'm right. It, it's difficult. It's, it's, it's difficult. you know unless you can sing like you're a ventriloquist and you can pop you know some words out of the side of your mouth while you're tooting. Well, you know Van Morrison will do that. He sings really? into the harmonica while he plays it. He goes. Oh, oh. <laughs> that just sounds like a bowel movement. I like Van Morrison, but that sounds. It like does, a- but somehow he makes it soulful. It's soulful. Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. Uh, what else do you want? Do you want to give us a different, uh, anything stylistically different? I could listen to this sure. for hours though. I would love to. Here's a song I've never played before, but I always wanted to. I was listening to it nonstop while um, we were in Ireland together. It was just running through my head the whole time. Okay. This is an um, original or? No, this is um, a song by a group called Wax- Waxahachie. Waxahachie. Okay. This is Adam Bush playing Waxahachie. That sounds good when you say it. Say it again. Waxahachie. It's unclear now what we intend We're alone in our own world You don't want to be my boyfriend And I don't want to be your girl And I That's a relief We'll drink up our grief And pine for summer we will buy a bearded shotgun. We'll lay on the lawn and we'll be good. Now I'm laughing at my boredom, my string of failed attempts. Cause you think that it's important and I welcome the sentiment and we talk on the phone at night until it's daylight. And I feel clever And we hear A slow in your speech Yeah, you're half asleep Say goodnight Yeah, I've got friendships to mend I'm selfishly dispossessed You don't want to be my boyfriend And it's probably for the best Because that That gets messy you will hurt me or I'll disappear And we will drink beer all day Till old guards give way And we'll be good 
love that. Is there a minimum uh, length for a song when you write? Do you ever write something and go, okay, this is too short? Like, is there a standard length? No. No. You I mean, can write a 60 to, second you know, Billy song. Billy Joel says it should be two minutes and 30 Who seconds. Does? Or Billy Joel. Oh, okay. Th- a single should be 305 or two minutes. He <laughs> says it and it's still rock and roll to me. Um, it should be under three minutes would be nice, but I don't. I, if it's good, people will listen to Layla, right. which is like 10 minutes long, or The Sound of Silence, which is very long. Or mm, That's true. Well, I used to song. listen, I used to like King Crimson. Their songs are like 49 minutes long. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So do you find yourself able to be, A, do you think you're pretty vulnerable in your music and in your lyrics? And do you find yourself more able to be vulnerable in your music than you are in real life? Absolutely. We can that's hide your behind. Outlet. Yeah. That's why I think so many musicians have groupies, but then when they end up dating them, they're like, what happened? When you're on stage, you're like an open book. You know what I mean? But then at home, you're all weird and secluded. I'm not saying you, I'm just saying the musicians that I've terrorized. Somebody once said to me that I seem like it was the opposite. Like I seem nervous in real life and not nervous on stage. Maybe that's it. Or maybe it's the opposite. I don't know. Well, I I don't equate vulnerability with nervousness. I'm just saying like how open you are about your feet, your dark side. You know what I mean? Like you let your dark side out in your music, your fears. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's funny because I sing about death and God a lot, but I spend very little time thinking about either of those things. <laughs> Is it just because it's more marketable? You're like, these songs do <laughs> yeah. well. God and death. Here we go. Just trying to please the masses. Yeah, exactly. No. Just connection, man. You spend $2,000 on a computer and it still gives you shit. Um, I was going to ask you another question about your, pro- I hate this question, but I, I end up asking it because it seems like the question everybody wants, who were your musical inspirations? I hate phrasing it like that because then it feels like you have to be inspired to write your own shit, but who do you like? I'm just going to ask who you like. Well, I grew up on Long Island and I loved whoever was closest to me, like Billy Joel or Twisted Sister, things like that, because they grew up in the area. So it Did seemed really? possible. Oh, oh yeah. Know. Yeah. We used to call Dee Snyder's mom on the phone because she was in the phone book <laughs> and just hassle her. Um, and she was very happy to talk about her son. She was very excited we were calling. Are they Jewish? Liked... Was Twisted Sister Jewish? Oh, I don't know. A lot of them, they're from Long Island, so they might be Snyder. I don't, I never Snyder. really looked into it. Snyder, go either way. Yeah. They might, the drummer gave drum lessons at the local drum clinic. Yeah. You oh, could it's meet called a drum them. clinic? Like a, like a STD clinic? It's like the same. <laughs> just, it's well, a drum they would have clinic. these. They bring in drummers, you know, famous drummers. And they hold I think they clinics. go hand in hand, drummers and STD. Probably. I love But then that, I, so, okay. I, I love, my older brother was very into jam bands and he took us to see the Grateful Dead and things like that all the time. And that made me appreciate that. And that was a segue into jazz and to Dave Brubeck and okay. Miles Davis and people like that. And then I fell in love with Bob Dylan and it just kind of stayed there. I stayed were you like, were you talking about high school or before or after Bob Dylan mm-hmm. phase? I came into Bob Dylan late. That was after high school. Okay. Okay. It was jam bands and that kind of stuff. um, Do you feel like there has been a modern day uh, in terms of just the poetry of the lyrics? Because again, I never responded too much to Bobby's voice, but his lyrics blow me away every time. I mean, that it transcendent. Uh, The fact they can get away with it. You know what I mean? Like, but do you feel like there's a modern day equal, you know, equal in terms of the poetry of his and lyrics of songs that's like, you know, hot today? Cause I, I don't know. Equal, no, but um, there's two, I can think of three, maybe even Bonnie Prince, Billy. I don't who, know her Bonnie Prince, Billy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. He, um, you might know him because Johnny Cash covered one of his songs on those records he made before he died. He okay. covered a song. Oh, I it's see a dude. Darkness. Okay. Yeah. Uh, his real name is Will Oldham and that's he a perfectly plays. great name. Why would you change it to some Bonnie? B- okay, whatever. No judgment. He's dead. Well, he's definitely strange. He's still alive. He's with us. Oh, and he plays. Um, he played under the name Palace and Palace Brothers and Will Oldham and Bonnie Prince Billy, and even made a record covering himself, uh, which is Bonnie Prince Billy sings greatest Palace music, and he's just outstanding. He's from Louisville, Kentucky, and I'm such a big fan of his. And Bill Callahan from the group Smog. Oh, I don't he, know them either. I have to look these people up. You would just love it. He's so beautiful and such a poet. And he has such a deep um, voice and he doesn't waste a syllable. Mm. Every note and every word is so perfect. And you would really like David Berman from the Silver Jews. What they call Silver Jews? Mm-hmm. Ooh, and he was already. a poet first who wrote a beautiful book of poetry that 
um, was widely acclaimed called Actual Air and then fell into music. And it's really just his poetry over music. Oh, wow. Um, Unfortunately, he killed himself rather recently. So oh, no. you won't see him live anytime soon. Okay. But these are, his records are, are definitely worth checking out. And I will definitely, definitely check it out. I won't know if I can get a record, but I will iTunes the hell out of it. When I say record, I just mean <laughs> I want the vinyl. Yeah. Some let me ask you a uh, you particularly because I always look at musicians that um, close their eyes on stage and really kind of get into it. Even you know, even their faces contort. There's like a complete lack of self awareness, which I like. Right? They they go in there, and I always wonder, and I'm sure it's a combination, but I want your personal opinion. Is it them trying to to, to avoid self consciousness? They close their eyes to kind of block out the audience so they can focus, or is it also so it's more of an insecurity thing, or is it really they can they just connect so deeply with the music when their eyes are closed? Because some musicians are really all about eye contact and connecting with the audience, and others, you know, they, they draw them in by closing their eyes and having almost a personal solitary experience while them while they're on stage. So where do you categorize yourself, and what you know what do you think is the reason behind that? I'll play in a lot of different outfits and mm-hmm. formations, and sometimes I'll front a rock band. And if I'm doing something like that, I'm all about eye contact and looking at the audience and connecting in that way. If I'm like when I'm playing guitar now for you, my eyes are closed because I'm just holding on for dear life (laughs) because I'm just trying to keep this thing together. I'm not much of a guitar player and a guitar player I admire very much named Eric Cuffs was was an amazing finger picker. And I once asked him, Oh, in that one tune, when you hit that there, like, how did you do that? Or what was the conscious thought behind that? And he's like, honestly, man, I'm just flailing my fingers around, <laughs> landing on whatever they land on. It never occurred to me that it wasn't deliberate. But now that I'm playing in that kind of style, I can see, oh, God, I'm I'm just trying to keep this machine rolling. All right, so that's not... where that comes from. I love that. I love and that. And I messed up a bunch of lyrics on that first song because I was just holding on to my hands and just trying to not, because the thing was so close to just tipping over and falling. So you think that doesn't make you nervous when you're playing live or you usually, once you're playing live, you're, you're like practiced and you know, your shit before a live gig. For anything else, like with, um, acting or theater, once that first number is done, you're kind of comfortable. You're you're kind of chilling. I need that stepping in the new snow, you know, getting my bearings. And then I can um, relax. Do you enjoy the acting and the music equally or do you, is your music, your real, the real deal where you really shine? I enjoy them both equally. And I see them as very much the same process. And it's a very, I appreciate the question because it's something that people who do music and acting get asked a lot. And almost everyone I've heard always has a specific answer of one or the other. And I think that's bullshit. I think think so too. I hate when people ask that of me. Um, That's why I said, do you like them equally? Like, why do you have to choose? No, you don't. You know, like if if I didn't like one as much, I probably wouldn't do it. Like, you know, no one's paying millions of dollars. Well, maybe they are, but I'm just saying it's like, it's a struggle being an artist. So you better like what you're doing. And there are great music gigs and shitty acting gigs and amazing music gigs. You know, you, yeah, of course, I'm sure there are. I mean, you know, I think that comedy, you know, doing stand up, the the tricky part is if you have a sucky audience, like you really need that constant every two second laughter to feel like it's a good gig. Um, But with music, you know, you can still even have a good set of your own, even if the audience is on their phone. You know what I mean? Like you can still judge mm-hmm. it as a successful gig. You're not as hungry or as almost you don't need their presence is enough. Just the witnesses to your experience. But I feel with stand up, you need more than a witness. You need a an active participant. So I think mm-hmm. that with music, it's not safe. Well, safer in a way, don't you think? I mean, I don't think it's safer at all. It's just as vulnerable. But there is one trick that I found that I do hold on to, which is that nothing goes over better than music at the comedy show when there's like two or three comedians they're so happy for the break (laughs) in what they've been seeing and the first couple notes are so welcome and you now have an audience that's going to listen to your lyrics and at a music show they're not really going to listen to that they're just taking in the whole vibe but if you do certain folks like the trumpet song, they'll laugh. They'll find punchlines because right, right. they're listening. Right. Do you know what I mean? And then that being said, if you're at the folk club and you have a couple minutes of stand up in your back pocket, they're like, this is wonderful. This is so <laughs> Like nice. a joke you've told a million times. You're like, this is brilliant. Where's his Netflix special? Exactly. Yeah. They're very happy. But um, the way I look at all of it is um, you want me to experience something for you. 
fine, I'll experience something for you. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Do you find, and we'll get into another song in a minute, but do you find, because with comedy, I think every city has a different vibe. And I know people always are like appreciating New York audiences and I'm sure LA, they're a little tougher because everyone's looking for their music deal at the hotel cafe and which music exec is in the audience. And that can get annoying. It's more presentational, probably more polished. Where's your favorite? What's been your favorite city or venue to play where you're like, these people are just true music lovers. And I just feel love from that. You know, what was that experience? Where was that? Theaters, listening rooms, places like um, the bitter end or the bottom line in New York or okay. um, the West Beth theater or Largo in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. places where people like to listen and places that have comedy and music seems to be a wonderful place Your to sweet be spot. for me. Okay. Yeah. But have you, you've obviously performed also in the middle of the country, right? Where, sure. where we are. <laughs> That's right. Where, where do you like, where do you like uh, that? Like, where do you like to play? What's, you know, you play Nashville, you play Asheville. You play, where'd you sure, play? I played Asheville. Um, oh, what was the club in Asheville? They have a great venue there that I like. I forgot the name of it too. Me too. Yeah. But yes, there's a folk club there that I love very much, and Chapel Hill is really nice too. Nice, nice. Yeah, I had, uh, yeah, I have a, I had a falling out with a friend in Chapel Hill, so I don't go back there. But I'm sure it's still a very nice place to visit. There are just you find those little spots, and you you, you hit a venue, and you're like, wow, I could play this place every Saturday night for the next five years and no one will ever come. And other places you're like, oh, wow, I'll come back here and the audience will double and I'll come back and then it'll triple. Like there's That's just cool. places where people are hungry for it. However, I have found, like you're saying, that simply being um, from somewhere else is enough of an oddity to get people to come out and right. see you. Like, well, true. you must be good because you're from far away. And he's Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> Well, so was Bob Dylan. So are so many. I think don't, people don't even know, right? What's that? Yeah, he was they, Jewish and born again. Which there is you amazing. go. It's a combo pack. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay, what are you going to play for us next, sweetheart? Okay, this one's this one always goes over well at the comedy clubs. <laughs> a joke is a joke if you get it. Now I know that I'm broke spirit but my heart is whispering I hope you hear it you don't need me to tell you why don't you say goodbye when you know he ain't even don't you even try if your heart is beating you won't get far from here if you're poisoned by your fear. You're my bitter honey, you're my sweetest tear. Now a dream is a dream when you remember. But when I woke, I could see on and on forever. Oh, but lately with the sun in my eyes, I'm a blind defender. Of the one, the only one who can make me cry. Don't you say goodbye when you know he ain't leaving. Don't you even try if your heart is beating. Cause you won't get far from me if you're poisoned by your fear. You're my bitter honey. You're my sweet. Inside you find a knuckleball of the second half of a rolling stone. Look inside you find now and then, no, oh, you may crack into then again. A joke is a joke if you get it. Now I know I broke your spirit, but my heart is whispering. I hope you hear it. I like you left me on the edge there. I do you that have a lot. that closure. It's like my last it relationship. It comes from those live shows. I would do that a lot. Take really <laughs> like, long pauses. <laughs> from what I've learned, at least when I go to see something, whatever it is, if I 
genuinely don't know what's going to happen next, I'm very happy, whether it's good or bad. And usually it it's a risk. It, there's going to be some bad for that great thing. There's going to be something I hate if there's going to be something I love so much because it means they're taking risks. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I think you're on the edge of your seat, right? That's the exciting part of like watching improv. Yes. Right? Where no, but nobody, even the people on the stage don't know what's going to happen, but it still mm-hmm. feels safe, right? You still want to mm-hmm. feel safe. You don't want to feel like you're going to have a heart attack on stage or shoot somebody. You know what I mean? You don't want that kind of surprise. You just want that kind of safe surprise. You earn that trust and then you fuck with it like any good relationship. Yeah. (laughs) And then the relationship ends and you move on to the next one. Um, I love that. I love that. Um, Do you ever, you're in a relationship now. Yes. Yes. Sorry, ladies. Adam is hot. He's a hot piece of meat here, but he is taken. Um, Do you write, uh, about your relationship or when you have a, do you have a fight? Do you go and write a song? Like what's your uh, modus operandi? If we fight, I will definitely sing. It's definitely one of the things I can do to just be by myself for sure. You go into your studio or just in your room or you shut yourself in, in the, in the Anywhere. man cave? Just pick up the guitar and start playing. Okay. Or just start wailing on the horn or something. Um, but I can't, I mean, the songs aren't specifically about your life, anything. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, of course they are, but I don't know if it, I could narrow it down to uh, this song is about this fight that we had, or I'm going to okay. take okay. it out on you in this. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, even if we want to go back to Twisted Sister. You're going to write about her is what I'm saying. She's not worried that no. suddenly she's going to show up like a Taylor Swift you know, like writing about each Alice. Yeah, okay. yeah, no, it's not going to be. It's not going to be obvious. <laughs> like she's definitely in there. She's definitely in there. Everyone yeah. I know is in there, but they'll never know. Okay. And well, it's if, funny if, is that if sometimes... I'm in there, if I make it in there, Adam, please just let me know. Because I, oh, I, I want to share. I'm more apt to share the song on social media. You know what I mean? If it's about me. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. But it would have to have your name in it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Ray, just call it Ray. Uh, mm-hmm. What you said you wrote a song earlier, you sang a song about Jesus. Now, what is your connection to uh, our Lord and Savior? What uh, what's your connection there? Um, I'm not the biggest fan of organized religion. Okay, but I do believe that um, it's important to believe in something outside of yourself. Sure. Okay. Um, So that song is about people believing in that higher power. Well, that song was about um, jerking off. But oh, so it was okay. So the Jesus was just okay. So it is about masturbation. Okay, I didn't know which one was the correct correct choice there. Can it be about both? Not to some, to some that may be disturbing. Anything can be about both. I mean, you could say masturbation and my mom. I mean, that could be a song, but that might be disturbing to some people. That sounds like the kind of song I would write. Well, then do it. I'm glad I I could inspire you for your next little ditty. Um, Um, Do you have an all time favorite song of yours to play that you've written? You're like, this is my masterpiece or one of mine. I don't. Okay. I, I wish I did. Um, I always just like whatever the last thing is ever. And I always think it's the best, whatever it is. The recency effect. I like mm-hmm. that. I like mm-hmm. that. In psychology, right? You remember if you're, there's a list of 10 numbers, you remember the primacy effect, the first couple and the recency effect, the last few in the middle get lost in the shuffle. Kind of like America. You know what I mean? Very much so. The, uh, um, okay. What kind of music do you like? What do you listen to, Ray? Wow. That's, you know, I listen to a lot of stuff. I listen to stuff people don't expect me to. Um, I do like jazz a lot. Uh, saxophone is one of my favorite instruments. Um, I find it so soulful and evocative. Like the minute I hear sax, I'm somewhere. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's like somewhere in 1982, 1982. Somewhere, yeah. <laughs> No, but, you know, in that kind of New York feel to me or Paris, you know, it just feels you feel smarter and you feel sexier when you hear that instrument. Do you have any um, favorite players? Uh, well, I love I love Coltrane. Um, I also like uh, I like horn players in general. I love Lee Morgan. Lee mm-hmm. Morgan has a great album called Sidewinder that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I even heard Ravi Coltrane play. Whenever you hear a famous person's son or daughter play, you're always like, oh, you know what I mean? Like you're really you're really playing the sax when your dad was John Coltrane, but he grew. I saw him play twice, and he I saw him play once, and he was like, okay. I was just excited that I'm seeing Coltrane's offspring. But the second time I saw him, he really evolved. So some of it's you know it's hard work, genetics, and 
and you know, all the other stuff. I don't know. You know, I can't name all of Meryl Streep's kids that act. So not that doesn't always work out, but, uh, but Coltrane did, you know, his son did well for himself. Um, Jacob Dylan, how's he, is he good? Is Jacob Dylan any good? I'm a fan. Okay. Okay. I'm a fan of his. Um, I, he has some songs that I like a lot. However, what's interesting about Jacob Dylan is that his biggest influence is Bruce Springsteen. Huh. That's which sad. is hilarious to that's me. Like, that's like, that's a FU to your, you know, it's Doesn't a funny it tell you story. everything. What's that? Doesn't that tell you everything about him? It really does about- though. And yeah, yeah, his dad's like, yeah. Um, I went to see, I went to Joe's pub. I love Joe's pub in New York. I love that mm-hmm. venue. I love the, you know, the, the artists they bring. And there was a, a kid there playing and he was such a ripoff of, of Paul Simon. I mean, I was losing my mind. I'm sitting there going, you are such a fucking ripoff. And I then I realized going. his name, it's his son. Harper. His, Harper. Okay. And I was like, cause I'm like, you try and look like him. You try and sound like him. You try and have the same. I'm like, Oh, you do look like, okay. So I don't know if Paul was even in the audience that night, but, uh, but that was funny. I thought that was amusing that I, I just, I destroyed the guy in my head. I'm like, okay, it's his kid. So it's fine. Um, and like I said, I do like King Crimson, uh, a lot. I used to listen to heavy metal, not anymore, but I did like Metallica. Um, mm-hmm. and I did like punk rock, like joy division and, and Ein Storzen, like this German, you know, German industrial, you know, this, and I love Bauhaus. I love Peter Murphy and Bauhaus. I love them and Bowie. I love Bowie and the cure, you know, all that new wave cure. And, but these days, and I do like folk music. I just don't, I'm not as well versed like i can't tell you who the big at you know what i mean i'm not as as well versed uh but i do like that kind of quiet piece like Django reinhardt i like that too you know i like that kind of guitar it's just something that makes you feel even pat metheny i like and some people think he's light listening but i love pat metheny um and i also like hardcore electronic music where i can bang my head in a speaker i like that too you know it's all part of us i think it taps into different parts um rap depends i like wu-tang for four minutes but i don't i can't really quote them some people feel like you have to quote their lyrics. i don't you know um and i'm not a fan of all the other the fluffy the fluffy stuff the today like the young artists that are more about like an act when it's an act and you have to dance to make it a good show i'm not as big a fan does that make sense it's funny with the kids today like there used to be i would listen to a song and there was my favorite 10 seconds of it or like I love this one yeah. part and the kids have tapped into that and they now know that oh you don't need the rest of the song you can just just do that one part and that's all you need and yeah. I think that's where it's heading I think that's where it's going to be it's just going to be here's the bridge and that's it because that's enough for people now I feel yeah it's hard I feel like I get worried that it really is that YouTube videos that kind of Jojo Siwa which I just heard for the first time yesterday you know what I mean where it's like a 15 year old girl with a hair bow and she's dance. She's a performer. They're talented. They work hard. I'm not saying they're all sitting there with a synthesizer and you know what I mean? They're, they're, no, she is a wildly talented dancer. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, they do a whole thing. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm happy that like Lady Gaga, I'm not a fan, but got so big cause she's talented and she works hard and she's a, you know what I mean? I used to love Fiona Apple. You know, oh, there's, yeah. um, some really talented, uh, singer songwriters out there that can do the acoustic and do the big hoo-ha. You know what I mean? Fiona Apple can do everything. She yeah. can do no wrong. Well, she's kind of brilliant, right? Isn't she like a Juilliard pianist or something? Wasn't she? Or am I thinking she of somebody certainly else? Sounds like it. Yeah. No, she, she plays piano on the last single that Dylan put out. Oh wow! Okay, amazing. Yeah. Um, but Lady Gaga and Billie Eilish. I'm trying to wrap my head around her. I'd like her voice. I feel like it's. I get it. I get why she's successful. Does that make sense? I get it. Oh, what I like about her is that two things. It's all with her brother, and they're a team. Yeah. And that's beautiful to me. Yeah. And she sings so quietly. Like she will not sing above a whisper. And I really admire that. I wish you I could think it's like gutsy or is it like, you think it's a gutsy move or just to just what's what works for her? I, I both. Yeah. I think it's very vulnerable. And I, in most, at least for me, anybody, I spend my whole life trying just not to push. And she certainly doesn't push. And I really, I admire that. All I want to do is not push and slow down. Ray, if you can help me with that, I'd be so grateful. That's all. Uh, You know, it's hard. I think that you have, I think the biggest thing I'm learning as I age gracefully is, um, is acceptance. And and part of that is acceptance of who you are. I know that we all have to keep trying to grow and grow and grow, but sometimes it's okay to be like, you know what? I don't, I don't have to grow all the time. Like this is me. There's a reason I'm like this. Let me accept it and love myself. I know it's such a hard, it seems like such an intuitive concept, but 
God help me. That is the hardest thing for me is just self-love sounds like, you know, sounds self, even the word selfish, I can't, everything to me sounds, you know what I mean? Just that idea of doing something for yourself and it not thinking you're selfish. Like, what is that? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But yeah, Billie Eilish, I, I do like, and I do like her. People are just looking for truth. I think people need that fluff. They need that, that Beyonce 49 dancers, you know, like performance thing to feel alive and escape. And then they need that Billie Eilish who, you know what it seems to me, and maybe I'm wrong. She's this way. She doesn't feel like a tortured artist to me. She feels like she came from a happy childhood and a safe space, and she's still able to create these beautiful songs, which I think is rare, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she is like, you know, she doesn't seem like that tortured artist who's writing out of pain. Does that feel, do you feel like she's writing out of a place of pain? I mean, certainly out of place of uh, vulnerability and honesty. Yeah. Whether it's pain or not, I don't know. Yeah, they just seem like a happy family. You know what I mean? There's something to that. Maybe that's what's given her the ability to be so vulnerable at such a young age. I don't know. I'm not a therapist, Adam. No, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you shouldn't be. I bet I'd like to. Doesn't, what do you mean? I can't be? I think, I, I think I'd be a good therapist. But oh, this no. doesn't I'm, work out. I'm just saying for um, me right now, I, it, I was internalizing it because I certainly can make anyone my therapist if you let me spend <laughs> enough time with them. So what album should I buy after, I, after we end this? Smog? Oh, Smog? Um, and your albums, of course. Are they available on iTunes? Of course. Sonically, what are you in the mood for? Like, what are you in the mood to... I feel in a lot of stress and anxiety. So part of me wants to hear sad songs to know I'm not alone, but part of me wants to hear songs that'll make me calmer. Okay, for the sad songs? Yeah. That go for Smog, A River Ain't Too Much to Love. Ooh, I like that already. That put a smile on my face. He's, it's, it's very beautiful very wow. soft and and every single breath is intentional amazing it's really admirable oh wow okay what's your next song for us love oh um okay let's do this one maybe you can help me come up with a name for it because i don't okay. know okay all right i'm thinking Demo, he cut a deal with the Mormons and Eugene O'Neill. Square took the circle and he lit up like a serpent in the round. See, I was always a little too tight to ever pay to see the light. Take confession as a warning in this one horse. find you I get dark so early now every atom is all about Eve all that you wanted all that you needed I think it's broken all they learn to do is to mess around so why don't you stay and tell me how it ends shadow we're only seeing people underground it's how the west was won she took everything but the sun did it please the court cause it sounds insane out loud see I was always a little too bright Low, get the timing right like Louisiana she will not wait for you to come around it's too late to find you I get dark so early now What's, uh, so we're thinking of a name for that song. Father Demo seems like a, a go-to, but you know, just because okay, I like that. It's called Father Demo Square. Um, how long did it take you to, to write a song on average? Or is it kind of a touch and go process? It takes, you know, you stop, you start, you go back. Yeah, the, um, 
the the chorus came first for that one. Mm-hmm. I just did, I was reading somewhere where somebody somebody was saying how you know look it's darker and darker earlier every year now. And I was like, oh, that sounds like me. Every <laughs> year I get a little darker and darker. <laughs> and I just started with that and then worked my way out. You know, and it starts about one thing and then it ends up about a million other things. My, I love to throw in references to show business and acting that would only like break down casting and sides and yeah, that have dual meaning. You know, you say sides and it, we're uh, casting a shadow, those kind of things. Oh, I like that. Yeah, no, that is nice. That little double entendres in a way, not really. That's just me being bitter. It's just yeah. Do you write the lyrics first and then the music comes to you or is it, is it a parallel process or? It's one or the other. Okay. Like with that, it was just a line and then the melody came other times like that trumpet song. It was the melody first. I just had that. And then you just have to put words to it because you can't stop singing it. And at least I found for me, if there's ever a moment where I'm like, this isn't even a song. Like, this isn't any, like, what is this? It has no bridge or it's just like, this is so embarrassing is usually when people seem to like it. If I don't even think it's a thing is when people seem to respond to it. And then, you know, there's always a place you can turn to. Like Tom Petty has like no bridges in his songs. I don't think there's a single bridge. There'll be a musical turnaround, but he's never like, here's that part that's not the verse in the chorus. Sometimes instrumentally, there'll be a little something, but other than that, he never writes a bridge and no one seems to notice or care. The bridge, does it give you a break from the repetitive of like the stanzas of the, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not as well versed yeah. in the terminology, but okay. It just no, but you got like it a, internally. Like a non sequitur almost, right? Like, yeah, like it's that break from that. And come yeah. back. And it's usually like, I feel this way. I feel this way. I feel this way. Maybe I feel another way. No, no I don't. I feel this way. I feel oh, this way. I like that. That's a good way of looking at it. Okay. That's interesting. And that another fun trick that I learned is you listen to any singer songwriter from their first album, like Elvis Costello, Billy Joel, Paul Simon, Tom mm-hmm. Petty. They all start with, this is how it is. I'm an angry young man. What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding. This is what's right. And then they have a career. And by the end, they're like, no one knows anything. I don't know anything. No <laughs> one knows. We're all just searching. It's a funny um, and predictable process. So I'm looking and forward to that. And you feel that same process with the, with the women? The women, the female singer-songwriters, or is it a different trajectory? Oh, that's interesting. You know, I... Because you mentioned just dudes, and I'm like, well, there's got to be... I did in be, that. Yeah. Like, in terms of, are there female singer-songwriters that you love? Are you like the Janis Joplins or the... Oh, yeah, you know? the Nina Simones or the Fiona sure. Apples or the Colleen Greens or the Waxahachies or... Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're okay. Mm-hmm. So do you feel... Because I feel like women are different in that regard. They're, they're not coming so much from a place of, of angry young man. There's not so much the, you know what I mean? And that maybe, I don't know, maybe today they are, but. Well, Nina Simone certainly was. She Hmm. was like, this is how it is. And this is how it should be. And this is what's right. And this is what's wrong. And then as it evolves, it becomes a little more like, let's just all come together. Like, yeah, maybe I don't know what's right. Maybe we should all just learn to love each other. Again, with Nina, I feel like at least what conveyed and conveyed in her music, there's an anger there, but it's, um, it's collected and almost like um, very powerful and regal in a way. You know what I mean? It doesn't come across as like, and you know, when you say like angry young man, I think of like not immature, immature to a way, you know what I mean? Self-righteous, immature. Like when Nina, I don't feel that. It felt, always felt like a mature understanding well, of, because the of the delivery. Of the world, you know, but in a, in a more mature kind of collected way. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. And didn't she have to though? From- yeah. 100%. What she was up against, and also yep. because of her classical upbringing and playing, it was like, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know enough do about both. her, you know, history, but obviously, as a woman, you're not, you weren't allowed to, you're woman and race, you weren't allowed to express, you know, the way you wanted to express fully, 100%. All right, and for certainly. our uh, final ditty of today, first of all, I want to guide people before we uh, wrap up this delightful interview with Adam Bush. Thanks for doing this on your banquet. I'm glad I could teach you about that today. Where can people, do you have a website? Tell me your website. Tell me where your next gigs are. Or if you have any gigs or, you know, where, where people can also get your stuff. And is there merch? Because I just want a t-shirt. Oh, yeah. You can get everything on Spotify and on Amazon. Okay. And on, yeah, you can hear it on Sirius XM. You can hear it on Apple okay. Music. You can so get there's it no website. You don't have a website per se. No, not okay. for me. 
Um, I would direct everyone to get a, as many Dan Byrne records as they can. I've been producing for him for a while now and they're really beautiful records. I'm a big fan of his. Oh, wow. And all right, Dan we all Byrne. love playing with him. That's actually how I met um, our mutual friend, Jonathan Kessler. Oh, love that. man! What a mensch. Because he came to a Dan Byrne show and he brought Katie Lazarus with him. Oh, wow. Rest her and heart. And that's how I met Katie. Rest in peace, Katie Lazarus. Wanted to give it, yeah. Why don't we dedicate this episode to Katie Lazarus? That would be really beautiful. What an amazing woman. I, you know, you got, I don't want to get into it now. It's, it's an emotional thing for me, but you can look her up if you're not familiar with her. But she was an amazing woman who passed way too soon. So she called me from the hospital the night before she died. And I played her that song, Bitter Honey, over the oh, phone. Oh, wow. Wow. I did not know that I was tortured because I did not know that, that the cancer had come back. And she had e I'd emailed her and then I didn't hear from her for a long time. And then she wrote back on, sorry, I've been busy and dealing with some stuff. And how are you? And I didn't respond. I, I didn't, I forgot. You know what I mean? You look at an email and sometimes you forget about it. And I didn't respond. And I don't know if she emailed me again. I don't remember, but after she passed, I kind of, my heart stopped and I'm like the guilt over not responding. I mean, I'm like, I was, I felt so, I'm like, why couldn't I respond? Cause I'm not, I don't get a lot of email. It's not like I'm inundated. It just passed me by. Like I didn't, I didn't think to, and who, you know, and the fact that she was suffering that whole time. And I know she was surrounded by a lot of friends and family. So, you know, she did not want people to know and yeah, she yeah. didn't want anyone certainly that she was working with to know. And she went out of her way to kind of keep that because she just wanted to keep working. Well, I get it. People don't, you don't want that pity and you don't want the, Oh, you're might be too weak. You want to just keep going. Mm -hmm. um, so that you don't want was, anyone to think you're yeah. injured and that you're not ready to be yeah. put in. You yeah. Know? She was a luminous person. So let's yeah, do this one for Katie. It's our song oh. with Adam Bush here. I'll play the song that I sang in Ireland. Okay. When you were there. Yeah, and I missed it. It's it's okay. It, it was funny. They asked me to sing a song and, and everyone was talking about football all night. So I'm like, well, I'll <laughs> sing them a song about American baseball and they'll <laughs> love it. And as soon as I started singing, I could just see these eyes looking at me like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> I really thought I was going to connect with this and it didn't work <laughs> at all. So I just started changing the lyrics on the fly to be about whatever was happening in the room. And so it went over okay but I never got to sing for them. Well, I want to hear baseball. the, yeah, the real, the original version. Okay. I'd love to sing it. Adam me. Bush played a song about basketball, not for the Irish. Here we go. Uh, it's about a famous baseball error that happened and uh, baseball fans will enjoy it. People outside of it are probably indifferent. Um... Used to mom the dog, throwing keys up on a hill. Coach put me at first base, tried my best, but still, I couldn't hit a curveball, I was second string at best, Lord, it would take a holy miracle to get me called off the bench. So I left New York for California, fell for the first girl that I met, she brought me a new season, one I hadn't seen just yet. Follow all the ball scores down to every single game. I remember every player, but I forget her name. Now every game won't away. I get down on my knees and pray that I won't be in a series underneath October drums when my Buckner moment comes when my Buckner moment comes the ballpark light is hazy it sweeps me off the street so nice to know a language I don't never have to speak. The bases are loaded, the count is three and two. A cardboard cut out of my face in my seat, watching the game while I'm here with you on Zoom. 
Because every game rolls your way I get down on my knees and pray That it won't be in a series underneath October trees When my Buckner moment comes When my Buckner moment Every game won't roll your way Get down on my knees and pray That I won't be in a series underneath October drums When my Buckner moment comes When my Buckner moment comes Bravo! I want my Buckner moment to come. That's <laughs> what I want. <laughs> don't. Oh, you have been so delightful. Um, any live gigs coming up soon? Or um, can I plug a couple films? Is that okay? Plug everything you want to plug, Adam Bush. You are a polymath. Do whatever you uh, need to do. I made a couple films during the COVID that um we worked really, really hard on and um I'm really proud to have been a part of. One is called Frank, and it's coming out on October 25th on all your streaming services. It's uh, made by a woman named Chrissy Fox, who is a genius in my book and really can just uh, manifest things into being by sheer force of hmm. her will. And it's very, very admirable. And there's another film called um, Allegoria made by Spider One, that okay. I'm very much looking for that's coming out in November. And these are nice. both horror flicks that I'm very into. And then a film called um, Hypochondriac made by a first-time filmmaker named Addison Heyman that is wonderful. We made a film about um, not knowing whether you're really sick or not and not knowing whether you're crazy or whether to believe these people around you. And that was very fun because I got to play a doctor. Which oh, are you wondering. like an evil doctor? You're the one who's like, there's, you know, you're insane. You need to stay in the asylum. Well, that's the thing you can't tell. And oh, it's done so okay. nicely and like so it. delicately that you just can't tell. Cause we've all had those moments where we yes, go 100%. and you're like, are they dismissing me or are they invalidating me or are they right? And you don't know. And yeah. so often doctors are wrong about that based on sex or ethnicity or gender. Oh, hundred percent. Well, the scary mm -hmm. part is also, I don't remember where I ended up reading. Somebody posted about this, but the fact that sometimes you can't access your own medical records or test results. They're like only the doctor can access these results. They'll call you or only, you know, and it's like, what, you know, it, that's the, the scary part, the amount of power. I get where that's coming from. They don't want people misinterpreting. They want, you know, professional, but still it's like, this is my body. You took the yeah. test. I can't get, I want the results. I don't want to wait for Dr. Blah, blah, blah to, to give me a call. How about when we were flying from America to, um, Ireland recently, there were certain parts of the process that involved taking a COVID test. Right. To fly. And they would send that info to the airline before they sent it to you. Yeah, that seems a bit backwards. <laughs> yeah, like the airline's going to decide what your, you know, your internal body, what's going on in your internal body, if it's legitimate enough to get you on the flight. Yeah, they are. I took the test. They sent it to United and then United would tell me how that went, yeah, which feels yeah. like a real breach of. Uh, it's all breachy. Something. That should be your new song, breachy. Breachy like by Adam Bush. Um, I like the name, name Addison, by the way. I think that's a good name. If I had another child, I'd call it Addison. Beautiful. It's a good, it's a good name. It's a good name. No offense to you, Adam. I like Adam too. Adam's, a, you know, that's, you're like the first dude. You know what I mean? You're like the man. So you're I Adam. I do get that sometimes. Well, you are. You're like the first And my dude. Hebrew name is Tov, which I really? believe means. Yeah. Which, which means good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tov. I love that. Wow. Thank you. Why would they just call you Adam in Hebrew? I don't know. Okay. Because they've always had a wicked sense of humor. Okay, well, I, uh, your parents sound fantastic. You would get on with them very well. I can't wait. Maybe we'll, we'll rendezvous when I get back to Los Angeles. Where do they live? They live in Long Island still? They do. Okay. So if I get to New York, maybe I'll stop by Five Towns or Syosset or Port Washington, one of those other Long Island. Mm -hmm. Nassau County, East Nassau Meadow. Nassau County. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Or if you Long come Island's out to California, they'll place, be here. Man. So a lot of good has come out of Long Island, but it is an odd place. It's an odd place. Oh, a lot of good. It's extremes. It's like Orlando. Well, the a Hamptons, lot of good Jesus Christ, and man. a lot of bad, right? Yeah. I mean, listen, when you live in Long Island, 
at least when you live Nassau County, Levittown, mm-hmm. Hicksville, those kind of areas. Uh, it, I didn't even occur to me that Hicksville was a funny name until I left <laughs> Long Island. It, it just, I'd heard it so much. It didn't even you register. You got that island mentality. People on Long Island, they don't care what happens in the rest of the world. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. They live 40 minutes from the greatest city in the world and they won't go. Really? They never go. Oh, that I don't oh, get. That I don't if get. If you yeah. want to go see a Broadway show, you can ride the Long Island Railroad for free because so few Long Islanders will go to Broadway. And as you know, like you were mentioning earlier, if you're touring in the Midwest, people are like, you were three hours from us. We had to come out. Exactly. But we Long want to go Islanders, see Aladdin. Right. Yeah. Right. They will not go 40 minutes to the greatest uh, not, theaters in the world. the people of Long Island in a very festive way, so I get it. Oh, no, how about this? John Coltrane lived on Long Island. He yeah. wrote Love Supreme in a house in Dick's Hills, and they're trying to tear the house down. That's, Long you started Island off good. I had shit. faith in Long Island, and then you said they're trying to tear the house down, and now you he should lost not. It. My father is actually working very hard on the board to save that house. Of course. Him and Alice and Ravi all live there. He wrote Love Supreme there. You can see the view and they're just, Long Island does not care about their own artists, about their own. Long Island creates greats and a lot of serial killers. (laughs) Like the most famous person from my high school was a serial killer. And you know what? We had the same Spanish teacher. I get where he's coming from. It was rough. It it can lead you to murder. Resolution is Mm. my favorite John Coltrane uh, track, song, whatever. I hear that and I, I am moved to no end. So that's it. A little more for all of you not familiar. Just go, you know, Google. I don't use Google anymore. I use DuckDuckGo. Me too. Apparently the DuckDuckGo, but it, sometimes you get weird results with DuckDuckGo. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like this is kind of limited. I, I should Google mm-hmm. this. Yeah, I, sometimes I have to. Yes, yeah. that is very accurate. It's Can like, I also recommend Keith Jarrett's Cone Concert? Okay. He's, He's an a odd jazz one. piano player. Yeah. He's an odd one. I saw him. I went to see him at Disney Concert Hall, and the concert hall had just opened. That. Yeah. Were you there? No, but he doesn't play live very often, well, so I remember when thing. that happened. It was a big concert deal. Concert Hall had just opened. You know, this is a concert hall, uh, folks, that, that Frank Geary designed, and the acoustics are supposed to be like the best in the world. They brought all these acousticians from all over and blah, blah, blah. And it's a stunning space, and, and Keith Jarrett starts playing. The thing is with this space is you can hear – anything uh-huh. in the space like and there's there's no carpet underneath you there's like wood so someone moves their purse up in the nosebleeds you can hear it so someone moved a little bit or a key drop i don't know what happened and he stops playing and he starts ranting about frank geary and what a stupid fuck that like who designs a space where the art you can hear the audience more than the audience can hear you this is ridiculous like just going and we're all sitting there going okay and then he calmed down everybody kind of went froze because they were terrified of this guy and then he played the most amazing concert I'd ever seen. I mean, like, but it was so he stopped in the middle of the song and he just starts ranting about Frank Geary. <laughs> I was like, this is so weird. That's what happens when you can, you know, with your Keith Jarrett, I guess you can do that. That's what I'm talking about, Ray. That's exactly what I'm saying. With When there's a moment that you are like, what is happening? I have no idea what this <laughs> is. It's probably going to be followed by something really great. And I don't think you can separate them. I think people that just are like, just give me the great. That's not going to happen. You're going to have to suffer through something to a get bad to opening that act, break. a bad opening <laughs> act or him being belligerent and just hostile. Right. He also, if you listen, you can hear it on the cone concert. I bet you heard it that night. His hands are playing the most beautiful mix of classical and jazz at the same time that you've ever heard. He is also completely improvising it and can't help himself by going can't help himself from going (laughs) while he's playing. He makes these sounds. His (laughs) hands are just weeping in beauty and he is audibly going, (laughs) which is very disturbing, but I don't think you can separate them. You have to have one. Geriatric to me, but not in a touching way. I don't know. I'm sure they, do they, do they blank that out on his recordings? Do they end up? You can hear it. Please can listen to the Cone concert. You can hear it. Okay. He, it, it's an entire concert he improvised. Four or five different pieces. Wow. They're beautiful. There's a pop song. There's a long, deep classical thing. It's just stunning. A cone like mouth, a traffic cone or comb like comb your hair? Cone like cone Germany. K-O-H-N. It's a live thing from Cologne or Cologne. K-O-L-N. Yeah. With an O with the umlauty thing. With the little... With the umlaut, is that an umlaut? Victor Borg, yeah. The little, the do, the do, the two dots. Is it an umlaut? Is that I what that is? That's an umlaut, isn't it? No, Victor no, Borg would call it a skippy thing. Yeah, 
<laughs> Look at us, the uh, the polyglots here. Um, Cone, 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 Germany, Cone, Cone. Yeah. Okay, I got to get a German on here to, to clarify. I'm going to get that today, actually, Adam. You inspired me. I'm so grateful to have had Adam Bush. No website. I, I feel like I need to rectify that, but you can hear all his stuff on Spotify. Also by Dan Byrne. Also look into Smog. And just for fun, pick up a Twisted Sister album just for old time's sake and a tribute to Dee Snyder. Oh, and get a record that I love that I produced for a woman named Allie Gertz called Cosby Sweater. You'll love it. Oh, boy. Oh, is you it will love post, that record. post Cosby fiasco or pre? It, she it pre pre. Okay. And then she changed her name when all that went down because she actually wrote it as a reference to high fidelity because huh. she loved when um, she's very young. She loved when um, <laughs> In the film version, Jack Black uh, said he's wearing a Cosby sweater, a Cosby sweater. <laughs> so she spelled it C-O-S-S-S as a reference. All to right, that. I'll pick that up. Yeah, OK. All right, she is good. very brilliant and blurs that line between comedy. And oh, I uh, love it. I love those yeah. those acts, too. Um, mm -hmm. I hope to see you soon, sweetheart. And guys, stay tuned for more fun X-ray. Subscribe, share. And, you know, love your neighbor, even if they're annoying, it'll make you feel better. And uh, try and write a song, even if you're, you know, you're shit, just write one. It's good for the soul. Everybody can. Yeah, everybody can. Everybody should not post what they do. You know what I mean? I feel like YouTube should be more, we should be more selective about what we post. But anyway, I love you guys. This is Raylan Casper White signing off.